Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. con un colpo di testa di Hatley perfetto il cross abbastanza teso di Birdis al centro dell'area di rigore Hatley e ha messo dentro il 2 a 1 per il Milan a te la linea Durant challenging for it that breaks to Hatley and Hatley has scored a sensational goal for Rangers two and a half minutes gone and Mark Hatley with a mighty shot which gave Lukic no chance whatsoever Hello Ramblers, Andy here and an interesting ramble meets for you today that really keys into my childhood actually. Today I'm speaking with Mark Haightley, former centre forward for England, Rangers, Portsmouth, yeah that's for you Lukey, uh, Milan, Monaco under Arsene Wenger. There are so many great tales in here and um, not just because he was in Serie A in a fascinating time for the league. He was at Rangers at an absolutely fascinating time as well. A centre forward who had a lot more to him than meets the eye. Uh, he's just got a book out called Hitting the Mark. Well worth a read. So many great stories uh, in there and um, we'll get into some of them and the stories behind those stories um, in this. This is Ramble Meets Mark Haley. So th- thanks for joining us, Mark. I've I've, I've read the book. Um, I've enjoyed the book. Um, what sort of experience was it for you writing the book? I mean, it's been a while since you retired. So was everything from your life and career already clear in your head? Or did you, do you think, learn some stuff about yourself when you were putting it all down there and talking about it all over again? No, I think it's, I think it's re, refueled a lot of um, long lost memories, to tell you the truth. Um, Alistair, Alistair, the, the writer, um, who I've nicknamed, nicknamed uh, uh, Sherlock, has uh, found some <laughs> incredible, incredible information from way, 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 way back. I mean, you know, eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, all them. You know, the, the school years that you, you can you can seldom remember. You, you sort of left them there. You move forward into your your, your your teens, then you leave them, and then you go into your, your you know to to the to the beginning of a career. 
So there's a lot of that uh, has, has been refound, um, rediscovered, uh, which has been really good uh, for me. Um, because uh, you know, I, I'm one of these guys that completely parks at the past. I don't look into the past. I don't look at old games. Never have looked at old games, um, and always sort of living right in the moment, sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been really, really good. Do, do you think more players are, are likely to be like that now? I mean, in the environment we're in, it feels like there's so much football, and particularly, I guess, in in, in the last year and a half post pandemic. Um, yeah the the timetable we've been playing catch up for a for a lot of time i mean i do wonder when players get the ability to or get the time really to to reflect on their performances and and reflect on where they are yeah uh well i think you reflect straight away i mean you as you're walking off the pitch um uh, that's i mean we didn't have when i was playing you didn't have the the, the analysis and all that sort of stuff and the data mm. you know fed to you um, I think it was down to the individual. Um, you know, as, as, as you've read the book, and I don't think there's been a bad word from any manager that's had me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because my process has always been to analyse what I have done and what the team have done. You know, it's down to me to make it right. And and then I think he's, you know, Graham Souness is an Arsene Wenger's of, the, of this world, Bobby Robson's. You know, they didn't need to speak to you. You know, because you know mm. I am processing everything as as it. As it as the game finishes straight away, it's it's all down to the individual, as you say. In in this time of many games, you know, lots of games coming fast and furious, a lot of international games as well. Um, mm. It's it's down to that the individual process. I think you can supply people with as amount of information as the want of of of, of stats for a game. But at the end of the day, you, you've got to be able to to be able to handle it yourself within your own head. Um, mm. A lot of people can, you know, can fire things at you, but deep down, it's the individual that makes the individual, not a, a team that's round you. You talk a lot, particularly in the early stages of the book, about your father Tony, who mm-hmm. was a, a great player in his own right. Of course, it's gone on a generation. Your son, son Tom, has had a, a very successful career, and he was very much born into I mean he was born in Monte Carlo when you were out playing for for Monaco um, played in Scotland before doing very very well in Poland with, with with a couple of clubs what did you look at in your relationship with between you and your dad when you were coming through in terms of helping him when he was starting in the professional game did, did you approach it differently yeah, completely differently. I allowed Tom to to have his own head. Um, um, didn't push him. Didn't force him. Um, tell a lie. I made him play left wing for Ascot United <laughs> when he was about eight. Yeah, for one year. Yeah, uh, I spoke with a coach who's a good friend of mine um, down there, and I said I want him to. His, his left foot. He didn't have a left foot. Right. So I wanted, and I said, can you do me a favour? Can you play him, play him out on the left, right? And every time he cuts in on his right, right, I want you to take him off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that was the only thing I did. And to this day, Tom always thanks me. He hated it, but you know his left foot is as good as his right mm. foot. So it works. It works at that age. And then, then after that, it's uh, it's a it's a, a journey of discovery mm. of where you want to play. He started at a number nine. He as he started as a centre forward. Uh, I think the Chelsea boys. Um, um, 
really didn't fancy that. I thought it was a good move for him because of his ability. He's a, he's a, he's a completely different player to me, you know, sort of different stature. He's six foot, but he he he's he's is is a real strong thick set lad. He has an ability to has has a great understanding of the game. Far better than me when when I started out um of of appreciation of different positions. Mm. Because of obviously the, the back then the kids played all sorts of positions at school. You know they just moved them around all over town, which is a great thing to be able to do. But it was a, it was a failing for him, I think, when he when he first came into the game at, at Motherwell, um, because he came as a as a as a central midfield player. Um, and there's the story because he signed on a Friday after after leaving Reading. Um, and uh, the 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 right the right back got injured uh, in the warm up. So Tom was on the bench because he just signed on the Friday. And the manager said mm. to him, "Can you play right back?" He said, "I can play right back, centre half, central mid. I can play left back if you want me to." So he went and played right back, and he played that well. They kept him there. So he, and the only time the only time he could get to go and play in his position as a holding midfield player was for for, for old firm games. Where he did exceptionally well, scored a fantastic goal against Rangers, which was a bit. Oh, shall I stand up on a board or shall I just sit down? <laughs> um, it was one of the. It was one of them moments. But he, yeah, I think that was probably one of his um, his downfall. He should never have played so well at right back. Um, um, so because he has he has that mind, you know. So it, it's it's clear that he's stepped out of his dad's shadow. You talked about stepping out of yours stepping out of Tony's so was the moment when you decided to leave Coventry and go to Portsmouth and step down a division the moment that you really did that yeah absolutely that's when we that's where we came sort of two stags butting heads if you wanted to 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 call it that way because I didn't speak to my dad for about seven months eight months after I moved down the league um but it was it was Chelsea, Chelsea, and I think Chelsea and Watford uh, were were hovering around me at that period of time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Bobby Campbell, um, uh, ex Chelsea manager, uh, into Portsmouth, bringing them through the leagues. Um, met met with him, and the first time I met with him, because don't forget, I was I was in and out the Coventry side, playing left left wing, centre forward sometimes, and I was mm-hmm. behind Mick Ferguson and big Gary Thompson. Um, so I was never be that as I wanted to be a number nine straight away. And uh, Bobby Campbell just said to me, he said, I want you to be my Bobby Cam- uh, uh, my, my centre, centre forward. And that mm. sold it to me straight away. Um, and from day one, I had a nine on my back, um, scored against Fulham at Craven Cottage in the first game, far post, header at the far post, classic, dad had been proud. But mm. we weren't talking because I'd gone down a league and he said, never move down a league because it's very very difficult to get yourself back up into the top flight always stay at the top flight as long as you can uh, it's the best place to be but I had it in myself to you know go and prove to myself I wanted to be that number nine I could be a number nine and uh, you know as I say the rest the rest is history I went down to the second division and ended up scoring a winner and an under-21 European uh, um, final against Spain in that year. Um, ended up with 24 goals in 32 league games for, for Portsmouth, uh, player of the year. Um, and, you know, uh, golden player of the year, uh, golden the, the golden player in that under-21 tournament. Um, um, so, 
and then went to play for England. All, 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 all within that year where my dad said I should never go down a league. So that that's you know started talking to him. Um, after that, um, and you know we we were back on course. So it's, it's like you were sort of hinting at there. It was quite dizzying from going down a division to all of a sudden England eventually Milan we'll come back to Milan in a minute but what about the England bit because everyone thinks of the Maracanã in 84 and everyone thinks of that that John Barnes goal which which you're claiming an assist for aren't you of course I am I, if, if you see <laughs> if you see that goal go and google it I catch the ball on my chest um the boy Moser is marking me quite tight and I catch the ball on my chest I bring the ball down and I spray it out to the left side. And I'm the last one. Hmm. If that's not an assist. It was the last person to give him the ball before he scored. So that must be an assist, is it not? <laughs> but it, it, it is certainly by today's standards. It get, yeah. get you some points. It gets you some points in Fantasy League. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Absolutely. Uh, but um, you scored yourself as well. Uh, and then... It's quite unusual the way you tell the story about how the move to Milan comes about because it's your international teammate, Ray Wilkins, who appoint, uh, approaches you in the first instance. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, the goal uh, the goal was a t- uh, traditional header at the far post, nothing special. Uh, John Bonds hung, hung it up, so you know, and I said, I'll give him an assist for mine as well. Um, <laughs> so uh, set us all both off on different sort of paths, but on a successful path. Yeah, Ray came. Ray came in, knocked on the door, and came into the room. I was lying on the bed, ready, ready to go uh, for for training. Uh, and he just said, "I've had Milan on the phone." Obviously, Ray had signed for Milan, like on a pre-contract in in Easter from 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 Manchester United. So he was mm-hmm. the deal was signed and sealed for him. And he was looking forward to going on from after the after the trip to South America. So he just said, "Yeah, I've had." Uh, uh, I've had Milan on the phone, and they, yeah, yeah. Would you fancy coming? And I thought he was a wind-up, you know, you mm-hmm. know, this nine naive young yeah, centre forward, um, still got two years to go on the Portsmouth contract, all that bloody body blah. Anyway, he said, uh, uh, "I said you're having a laugh, aren't you?" I said, uh, and he said, "No, I'm dead, deadly serious. I've had the sporting director, the president's been on the phone to me. I've got the managers on the phone to me." Um, so I said, all right, I'll just leave, I'll leave it. As I said, I don't think so. I think Portsmouth will want to keep me, being that young, naive, you know, young man that I was back then, two years mm. ago, and taking the team forward. Um, um, and and, and then literally I got on with training, the next two or three days went by, and he came in and he just said, well, the deal's been done. You know, uh, I think Milan are playing a £1.45 million pound for you, which was a lot of money back then. So had you not heard from them by this point? Is this just all from Ray? All from Ray. I had wow. no, no contact at all. So the deal, right. I said, well, the deal hasn't been done because I haven't spoke to anybody. He said, well, the deal's been done between the clubs. Um, uh, I think you'll find that you'll be flying home probably in the next couple of days and you'll miss the, la- the end of it sort of stuff, the end mm. of the trip. Um, and it was right, you know, I was on a plane, uh, Bobby came to me and he just said, yeah, you need to fly back, you, you, body, body, great move for you, great league, um, um, and good luck um, doing your deal. So I just flew back straight in, um, literally, there was a, was a big house near Heathrow Airport and myself, 
uh, and my agent uh, Dennis Roach, um, who was his basically the super agent of the time, hmm. sat in a sat in this uh, in a room and just went from room to room to room, sporting direct, president, all all doing doing the deal, uh, my personal deal. And it was sorted by the end of the day, and you know, the next thing I'm being introduced as a as a Milan player. I mean, how does that feel at the time? Because you have gone from the second tier via obviously some some great moments with England, but you're still quite a young player. And at this point, it's worth underlining that Serie A had a ton of superstars and quite a few British players as well. Yeah, um, Graham was there, Graham Souness, um, Trevor Francis, Liam Brady, um, all enjoying, you know, good careers out there. I think Graham, obviously, from from his Liverpool days to Sampdoria, um, Mm. playing, you know, with the likes of Mancini and Viali. Um, um, you know, everybody was playing there. Rumenigga, Zico, Platini. You know, uh, Maradona joined me the same year as as as, mm. as I went there, sort of stuff. Um, so it was it was the, the league to play. You know, you'd seen a little bit on on Channel Four. We used to watch Channel Four and get the highlights of uh, um, the Italian league. But as as I said, uh, going forward, I always wanted to be uh, a better player than my dad. I saw a little bit of South American uh, football, uh, obviously when the World Cups were on in '70 and what have you, and I thought, well, I like that. I like that sort of style of football, mm. um, you know. And European football probably was was the way forward. So I, you know, I was fortunate to get the move, but I always wanted to be um, and and embrace a different sort of culture uh, of mm. the game. Um, I thought it was quite. The, the the British centre forward, if you want, but I I, mm. I thought I had a lot more to me to be able to do better than a, a just a British centre forward and and, and Italy mm. uh, and AC Milan. Uh, it was the perfect time for me at AC Milan. It was because AC Milan obviously had gone down the leagues and they were rebuilding with a young side, you know, young Tassotti, young Baresi, sixteen uh, year old Maldini that came in in the second year. You had uh, Massaro's, Donadoni's, um, and I had the, the, then the experience of playing with Paolo Rossi for a year, and Pietro mm. Paolo, Pietro Paolo, uh, Paolo Verdes, um, who mm. was uh, who was an experienced player, and there was it was all good for me, you know. It was as as I say, it got me a different culture, a different place to to go and learn, and literally going. It was like going to a university um, as a young man, and 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 you know growing from there as they say but before we talk more about Milan I have to ask how was it seeing the Maradona phenomenon at first hand because of course as you say you arrived in Italy at the same time as him at which point Napoli have never won anything ever and he transforms them and I think they win their first title in what but probably that your last season in, yeah, it was the in last Serie season. A, so it, it? It, took, it took it took him three years to establish them that's all I'm saying yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> you know what I mean I think Ver- Verona Verona was the club um, that won the title yeah in, in, in the, yeah, it's five yeah uh, and uh, uh, so yeah it was a I mean it, I mean don't get me wrong I just saw a great player but you see great players mm. I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to meet the greatest my greatest idol in Zico in my first mm. uh, first game for uh, in a you know in a pre-season game against Udinese 
You know, right. so all of a sudden you, you, you met your idol, wasn't disappointed, um, got his shirt, um, and you know, good. I'd, complete focus on what I was trying to do so I was not mm. you know overawed by anybody really you know it sounds arrogant but I think confident is 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 not the is the word you know I'm, I'm playing up against mm. Claudio Gentili probably one of the hardest center halves in in man markers in in world football at the time mm. you know, kick lumps out of you um um but yeah, you know, I just went straight back at him and did exactly the same thing he was doing to me, and then you know just run him round the pitch a bit more, you know, as but, as centre halves didn't like being done back in the day. But but I, I guess when we're talking about you know you doing the book and and, and looking back, do you have that moment that, th- that thinks, well, I was playing with Maradona at this moment because it's not just that you were in the league when he won the league with Napoli for the first time. You were on the bench in that World Cup quarter final as well, so you've seen two of the biggest Maradona moments. At, I, I, I guess firsthand in a, in a way that very few people have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and 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 the pressures that, that the man came under. You know, he was, he was mm. carrying a whole not a city. He was carrying literally the whole of southern Italy. Um, mm. You know to. As his cause, yeah. and he was, it was the perfect place for him to be. Probably, mm. if he was to be a, a, a like Inter Milan or Milan or Juventus, that probably would not have been the right place for him. So, he actually found he found his place, his comfort, and, and that's the sort of performances that you, you get from a man when mm-hmm. they're the, the, when the coat completely at, at home in their environment. Now, you talked about it being a football university for, for you in Italy. How big a part of this? Because, of course, this is pre-Arigo Saki, Milan. How important was Niels Lidholm, who was your coach at the time um, and one of the greatest strikers in Italian football history? What did he do for you? Absolutely. He was, he, he was remarkable. Uh, he had uh, so much time, so much time for me personally, you know, um, mm. um, he, as I say, took me for walks around. We finished training. We walked around the pitch, uh, walked through the woods up at Milanello, um, talking about life and what we wanted for life and his 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 career and how he went and his mistakes and um, you know the the pitfalls of being, you know that that superstar if you want. Mm. Um, he'd been to a cup final, obviously 58 cup final, scored in a cup final on the losing side, uh, mm. Pelle being the man, you know, so he'd had all those experiences and it wasn't his first time at Milan, so he knew how Milan worked, um, but he had a lot of time for him. He took me, um, you know, uh, to one-on-one training with a goalkeeper on a, on a many, many occasions with um, a bag of balls and a load of cones. And just walk through, uh, walk through situations. Not nothing intense. Just walk through situations where you know we don't want you to tackle fullbacks right now, mm. as a British centre forward would do. He would come out and tackle, try and tackle the fullback. He said because, you know, you, you're learning. I was learning a completely different game. He said because if you go out to the left side, that means that our left-sided midfield player can't engage high up the pitch. And if he doesn't engage high up the pitch, that means that our left back won't come high up the pitch. So we were talking about a pressing game back in the mid-80s um, mm. of a guy um, 
that was completely ahead of the game, and that's where Saki came in afterwards to continue that 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 high pressing, high intense mm. game. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, it was uh, it was a great experience of receiving the ball when the left back had the ball where I should be, where a central midfield player working within the width of the penalty area, where I always used to think, I used to look at European strikers and think, wow, what a lazy, what a lazy get he is, you know? He's, <laughs> you know he's, he's, he gives up working outside the penalty box. Hmm. But he, he, it's, it's right. So he was, he was learning the high-pressing game back there, 21, 22 years old, you know, with, their, uh, you know, with, with, with a great, great man in Neil's lead home. He was, he was superb for me. He was, I was very intense, um, high energy, and he was completely the, the, the opposite to me. He was typically Swedish, laid back, very calm, very tranquil, and brought that air of tranquility into, into a young, vibrant dressing room. How much did scoring the winner against Inter in the derby change your life, do you think? Oh, just a wee, tinsy, wincy bit. Yeah, <laughs> sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you find, I get sent off in my first game. So, um, in, in, in Coppa Italia, um, just headbutt, a flying, uh, just, it was a big guy, a brute of a guy that was kicking and punching me and I just got up off the floor and right on then on the forehead that endeared me as much as the goal to the Milan fans right. uh, and I think when you are a, a foreigner playing at a big club uh, in a strange land should we say you know all of a sudden you, you, you've got the 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 the, Sud, the the ultras all willing you to do well and mm. that in, it, in, it, in itself is, is a remarkable thing to be able to and that's one game into it I mean the physical ex, the the physical side of the game. You know those sort of fans, the ultra fans. They they love all that sort of stuff. And once you've got the ultras with you, the big fans with you, then they're just you know they're willing you to do well all the time, even if you're not doing that well. Do you know what I mean? There's, you still yeah. get you're still getting that love from them. So five games in. Yeah, it couldn't have been a better story. Um, you know, playing against Colavati, ex ex um, ex Milan captain, um, jump ship to Inter, uh, the biggest rivals, and that day I was I was up against him, um, and you know to score the winning goal against the ex captain who jumped ship and left left Milan in a mess then it doesn't get any better. You know, I went over a couple of years ago to the, the, the Ultras 50, 50th year anniversary and they still got you there and they treat you like a god. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
So you, you talked about how you, you've been sort of typecast as a, a typical British blood and thunder centre forward, but you always had that bit more to your game. It's something that players who played with you say a lot that there was there was more to your game. There was there was the pace, there was intelligence. Um, so you stayed out in continental Europe once you left Milan. Um, how important was Arsene Wenger in convincing you to go to Monaco? Yeah. Um... Well, Arsene, Arsene had just come, uh, just come to the side. Um, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd been managing at a, I'm going to say a, a lower league. I'm, 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 I'm guessing on that one, but he wasn't in the in the highest league, and he, it was a great move for him, um, a visionary move for for Monaco, to bring him him. Um, and as I say, he, Graham Souness uh, was trying to get me to go to uh, to to Glasgow Rangers at that particular time when I was leaving. Um, Roma, Roma wanted me. Verona wanted me to stay in in in, in Italy, but my heart mm-hmm. was never going to be in another Italian club. Um, mm. And my relationship with the supporters. So, I think the ideal thing, and especially for Bellasconi, if it was for me to leave Italy, um, you know, um, didn't want to come and bite him on the backside again, playing for a, yeah, know, sure. another Ita- Italian side. So. Mr. Bellasconi, he basically made it very easy for me to leave Italy, um, you know, for a, 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 a big, a well-reduced fee, which, you know, fitted Arsene Wenger. Uh, Arsene Wenger, I was his first signing. Um, and, you know, I went in and, you know, wanted to have that different culture again. It was a, di- a completely different culture for me as well because in, in Milan, I couldn't go out anywhere. It was a mob mobbed everywhere I went it was quite frightening mm. at times with the family so it was you know Milanello uh, San Siro home private hotel uh, for, a, for a meal with the family and that was about it couldn't go shopping couldn't do any of the, the, the normal stuff as you did as a, as a family so French football and Monaco was you know the ideal um, environment for me to go and learn a different culture um, you know Got Ant and Senna living in the the floor below me. You got Boris Becker living in the next building. You got this person. <laughs> they got that person, and you know you you you're hooking up and making friends within within, within the family. You know the uh, the Grimaldi family. You know Prince Albert. Mm. I would say is still a, a, a good friend. Um, same age, knocked around together. You know um, while we're there, loved his loved his sport, loved the players that his football club. Um, and was always was was always willing to to be able to do that. My my kids used to you know be pushed around Princess Caroline with her kids uh, and in in the park, and it was a completely different environment and one where you could relax, uh, and then you know push yourself within the side that uh, Arson you know uh, well had had come into because Arson had joined a really really good side anyway. Um, Amaros, uh, Batiston, Luke Sonor, all mm. these, uh, Jean, Jean-Philippe Raw, Patrick Meige, um, all international players under, under 21s and 14, obviously, uh, with Patrick Batiston being being the main man there as a centre-half. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he, he took that on, as you would expect, as a real young man. Uh, I think he was only about 34, 35 um, mm. when he came to Monaco. Um and was 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 able to handle big big personalities and big stars, 
you know, he was very, very, he is very, very intelligent. And uh, uh, as I say, he, he actually came to me after about 10 days being there and he said, we're desperately trying to get a number 10 to come and play with you. Mm. Um, and we can't find anybody at the moment. I said, well, you know, why don't you go and get Glenn Hoddle? And he said, well, he's signed for PSG. Uh, I said, he's, he's not signed for PSG. He, or he has, he said, he's signed for PSG. He said, because obviously Arsene had all the contacts into, yeah. into all the clubs. And I said, I can assure you he hasn't signed because his agent is my agent. He's supposed to be flying in tomorrow to sign the papers and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I said, here's, here's the contact number. So he phoned, um, he phoned, um, he phoned the agent up, um, who passed the message on to to to, to Glenn, who obviously I knew from the England days, mm. and you know he landed in Paris, jumped straight on a plane to to Monaco, came down, they picked him up, sat all day discovering uh, discussing a deal, and the deal was done by the end of the day, and he was he was the number ten that was going to come and play in our team, and you know. Uh, and the rest, as I say, is history. We went on and had a great season that year. Um, uh, scored uh, scored plenty of goals, and we went on to win the title. Um, and you know, at uh, my age, 24, 25 years old, it was you know, it was always what you what you set set off in life to do as a professional footballer is to win things. Mm. Went to a cup final that year. We didn't win, but we had a great we had a great night afterwards in Paris with the. Uh, <laughs> With the Grimaldi family, uh, big food fight and all that sort of stuff, and this top top <laughs> restaurant started by Prince Albert, I must admit. Um, um, but you know that that's the sort of environment I was now in. It was it was it was it was it was it was a great place to be. Different culture, different way of playing the game, and and, and working with with you know a guy that was to bring football into you know the twentieth century, twenty first century, if you want. Uh, with remarkable different training uh, regimes. On Wenger, a lot of people, when he signed for Arsenal in the mid-90s, were a bit, who is this guy? Did, did you have faith that it would work straight away? I did. Uh, the Sunday newspapers phoned me as soon as he sort of was on his way. Um, I mean, it's the, the man, he goes from, from Monaco to Japan just to study different, a different way of life, different customs. Mm. Um, who is this man coming in? You know, um, and I said, sit down and enjoy. I said, this guy will bring Arsenal success like they've never seen. Um, mm. um, he will trans- transform, literally transform it. You can look look back and on press cuttings and and what have you. And I said, he will transform them with his methods. Um, mm. If people don't buy in, then they'll be gone, and new people will come in. But he will transform them, and they'll be a, a different club. And that's what happened. So approved. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you speak about Monaco as if it was pretty idyllic. And, and it is. I mean, I, I always thought when you go up to the training ground at La Turbi and you take these sort of windy roads up the rock, it's very sort of reminiscent of the Italian job, isn't it? It must have been a beautiful place to to work every single day as you look down over the med. I saw Glenn Hoddle a couple of weeks ago and he said... Um, you gave him a lift to training once, and he didn't care much for your driving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, fo- well, this is this is as for what we are. Footballers always want to be Formula One racing drivers, and Formula One racing <laughs> drivers always want to be footballers. So, you know, my my had a, I had back, you know, obviously a young man and what have you, a passion a passion for for fast cars. 
um, you know, I had a Porsche 911 Turbo convertible, um, and I used to drive it like a 911 Turbo convertible. Um, you know, that, <laughs> that's what they're for. They're a driving car. And uh, I said, come in and we put some, put some music on, turned it up, and up we went. And when by the time I got up there, Glenn's face was as white as a sheet. Um, <laughs> he, he didn't enjoy it. But that's that that's that's the difference in us. I that used to real build me up for a, for a training session. It was the same same going to to a game. Um, you know, if if I was driving, I would always have music on loud, and and you know, I, I would drive the car there. You know, uh, you know, I wouldn't mm. saunter to a game, and, and that's that's just the way I am. Um, it's, it's, I'll tell you a true two story. When I was at Rangers, Walter Smith came up to me on a on a Friday, one Friday, and he just said, "Can it's just, it's a hard thing to say as a man, but I don't want you to train on a Friday, right? Mm. You, you're in." game mode and I used to train absolutely crazy um, on, a, mm. on a Friday I'd be competitive over competitive anything I'd snap at you know snap very quickly um, mm. and he said it's best for you if you just come in you know have a little little jog have a massage have a have, have the food and go home and do what do what you do it's it'll be best and that's 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 what uh, how I was um, from a Thursday onwards until a game on the Saturday, probably winding down on a Sunday, and then back up preparing for a Monday. So driving a car the way I did, and you know, getting getting that adrenaline flying through your your system was 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 mm. my method. So uh, to, to to quote Ian Durant in your book. Why did you leave this? Because you've you've got this you've got this beautiful life, and also the other side of going to ranges is by this point you've started to pick up a few injuries, and it's been hard work to get back. I mean, I, I think you injured yourself catching your foot in the pitch uh, yeah, you did a, at some point, divot. didn't you? Yeah, divot in the European. It was in Galatasaray. I think it was in the March. It was quarterfinals. Ten mm. minutes goes. We come off. We walk off. We go into the the the, the uh, into the into the dressing room and, and into the ante room where the, the treatment was. And Wenger came in and uh, Michel the uh, the physio. He sat me down, took my boot off, all that sort of stuff, and then cut the the strap the strapping off. And as my foot was like that um, on an angle, it just fell all the way around. Um, mm. Um, and it was completely gone. Um, and as I say, was the injuries, that was an injury probably. I hadn't had a break for, I'm going to say, two or three seasons because I was playing through the summer with in, on internationals, the under-21s, the England mm. stuff, um, the Euros, 88. Um, and that's what it was after, straight on the back of, of, of non-stop football. Um, and, you know, um, I'm going to say 18 months, two years of non-stop start operations four operations over that period which didn't allow me to really play any football apart from that first season where we we won the league um but the the incredible thing about that 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 story is that then milan gave me a new five-year contract uh, which mm. was you know crazy a crazy thing is a, a letter pushed underneath underneath my door 
um, handwritten. Um, I thought it was a joke. I went to see Glenn because I thought he'd done it. He was he was living just a couple of floors below me. I said, "You have you written mm. this?" He said, "No, but I wish <laughs> I wish I was getting that contract." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the the faith that uh, Wenger and uh, the club had in me uh, to to be able to come back uh, and strength of mind and you know, that fortitude that you you carry with you to be a better player than I did. So it was yeah it was took the edge off it, but it's nothing. It was it was a hard. It was uh, as as you read in the book, it was a dark eight months for me uh, in in between mm. all that sort of stuff. So it's not just the leaving the Monaco on a personal level on a lifestyle level but people would say if you've had a lot of injuries you're not really going to be spared by defenders by going to Scotland so what convinced you was it Graham was it a sense that you wanted to be back in Britain which which of those things was it or a combination it was a combination um, I always wanted to go back to 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 to, to Britain um, England mm. Britain um, and you know, provide the finished article, which I set out to do in the first place. You know, mm. um, England gave me the chance uh, to set it all up. I went away, made myself a better player, a better person. Um, and um, I was more or less the finished article, more or less. Um, mm. And then the 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 opportunity to go and play for Graham because I know Graham right through my career. We you know we were still very good friends to the day. Um, just by sheer accident, I was walking with the kids through Casino Square and we bumped into each other again. And mm. you know that immortal line, fan, oh, I know your situation. You fancy coming to play for us? So, um, yeah, I said all that sort of stuff. I said, well. I said I went through that that whole story. Long story short, new contract, blah de blah de blah. Um, and you know, I'm not sure what the, co- the the club would want, but you know. Anyway, I went away, thought about it, slept on it. Um, I still was unsure. Went to see Wenger, and Wenger was just was great with me. He said, "Listen, we've given you the the new contract. Um, we know you'll you'll be back stronger. Um, I mean, physically, physically, I was far stronger than I was before the injury. Anyway, I just wasn't match worthy or match ready. Hence the fact mm. that Bobby left me out that ninety squad to go and play in Italy because he wanted me to have a dozen games under my belt before he he would pick me. Mm. So the, uh, the 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 he just said, "Listen, we brought a young boy in in George Weyer who we want you to play with next year." Uh, next season um, get Glenn fit again all that sort of stuff and you know more or less the same team um, so we have every faith but he said I do understand he said you know through injuries and, he's, and he went on his career because he's, he, his career got cut short with a, with a, with a big injury and mm. a, probably a change of uh, change of atmosphere a, a, a change of direction might might just be the thing you're looking for, but whatever you decide, you know the our our club and everybody here, you know, is right behind you. So I went away and slept on it again, and uh, uh, I woke up and just said, yeah, yeah, right. Um, went to see Graham, said I'm ready to go, um, mm. and literally that was it. I uh, signed, uh, did the deal probably one. I was, I was I, as I say, it's probably one fifth. One fifth of what I was earning, but never driven by right. never driven by that sort of 
financial gains. I've never been driven by that in, in football. Um, and it was a chance to, you know, to go and, you know, develop another side of my game, um, which, which I did quite successfully. And I think between the age of 32 and probably 34, I was probably playing the best football that I'd ever played um, in, right. in, in, in my, my head, in my body. So uh, we talked about Serie A being a different kettle of fish when you arrived there. You could say the same for for Rangers. I mean they could they could this was before the Premier League had really taken off. I mean that's 92, isn't it? So you're you're a bit into your spell by Rangers by that point. At this point Rangers are still in Europe. They can outbid English clubs for players. You look at some of the names who go up there yourself Included. I mean, this must have been an incredibly exciting time to be there. And particularly as in that first year of the Champions League, when the European Cup comes the Champions League, 92-93, you're so close to making it to the final instead of Marseille. Yeah, well, we should have done. I said to Walter when the, when we, when, when the, the league, the group stages were drawn, that I could see us going all the way to the final because we were good enough. We were unbeatable uh, at home. We couldn't lose at home. Um, and our team was, as as we proved against Leeds, we could defend and we could defend and we could defend. Great goalkeeper, great back four. Um, um, terrific terrific um, uh, midfield and two guys that would score goals for fun. Um, and talking of that tie with Leeds, yeah. uh, tell us a bit about the atmosphere around that because I remember as a kid that being absolutely huge, huge, yeah. like the champions of England versus the champions of of Scotland in in, in the Champions you know, we, League. We won the first game two one, got completely pulverised by the press, um, um, British press, um, and some of the Scottish press as well because you know how that works up here anyway. You know you, you've got the haters and the likers. Leeds will will completely do do the job once you get down to Ellen Road. Um, so it was it was a master a master stroke by Walter Smith and Archie Knox. All they did, we never had a meeting, which was really strange. We never had. We normally have a couple of meetings of the day of the game. Didn't happen. We didn't have a meet. Well, we normally go. We normally get off the bus straight into the dressing room, drop the shower bag off, and go onto the onto the pitch. It was told to go straight onto the pitch, but by the time we got from mm-hmm. the pitch to the dressing room. Every every headline from every newspaper you could imagine was just stuck on the wall, all around the dressing room. No, absolutely, no no team talk, <laughs> no team talk. Well, we just come in and last minute, and he just said, "You know what you got to do today? Let's go and do it." And that was it. That was the team talk. Simple as that. Brilliant man, I must say. Is is Rangers still the pinnacle for you then? <laughs> I think, of your career, that, think I could the way I yeah I when I yeah when I had said I had to adjust my game a lot um, to 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 play back here um, first and foremost I was I, when I came into to to Scotland I was twelve stone three coming from uh, from from Monaco I I, I realised immediately mm-hmm. I needed to be stronger and I needed to be heavier so I went I, I took my weight in muscle weight up to thirteen stone ten. Uh, in about two months, which became that's what right. that's that's, okay. that's 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 the weight I am right right about now. Uh, obviously, a little bit fatter, less muscle, um, mm. but um, that's that that was <laughs> that that was my that was my transformation, and that thirteen stone ten gave me the power and more pace and more strength to dominate uh, 
at, at that level and also in the, on the European stage as well. And that's why when I was playing that well, um, and scoring lots of goals, Alistair was picking up Euro boot, European boots back to back. You know, we were winning <laughs> titles, we were winning this, that, and the other. Um, I was really surprised that uh, uh, you know England didn't come keep come calling again. Um, so, hmm. but on on the upside to that, that probably kept me fresher for the longevity that I had at uh, uh, in the game. So, post career. Um you have well you have your player manager experience with Hull which doesn't doesn't quite work for for one reason or another then then post career when you go into you go into punditry and what have you and uh, journalism uh, and then rangers have their their difficult period let's say where everything goes wrong and when guys like uh, Dave King and Paul Murray come to the point where they want to take the reins of the club they come to you to make that connection again with the old players and make that connection with the supporters. How does that work? And what has that done for your relationship with Rangers, which was obviously already very strong? Yeah, my Rangers, my relationship with Rangers, the, the football club will never change. You know, I'll always be a loyal Rangers supporter from the year 2000, the, the turn of the century, up to a couple of years ago. Um, uh, I was an ambassador for the football club um, in more ways than one. Uh, working in the background, trying to keep the, the you know the, from the high times to the low times, trying to keep it um, on a on a on a level that that I thought was you know a respectable uh, part to be doing. And my the relationship with the fans, also the the, the other side, of the the community side of it that we. we which Rangers Football Club is all about for me, mm. um, um, and then under Dave King, Dave King, Dave, uh, which I've I've known Dave for a long, long time. Known Paul Murray and, and John Gilligan, um, the the three guys that saved the that saved the club, um, came to me. Dave came to me and he just said, "I want you know, I'd like to you to to be more than what you're doing right now. I'd like to bring you in full time and you know be like a, a development business development um, um, man for me. Um, which you know I, I had a good business background from I had a business when I was playing as well, and I, I've got that sort of brain that it works that way sort of stuff." Um, mm-hmm. I said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll come in, do that sort of stuff, and you know, but did some really good stuff. Got up and forged a really good uh, working relationship with the the football side of the football club, and also mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the business side of the club, the commercial side. Um, my, my, I had the obviously visions, and I had a, uh, an insight into to big clubs all over um, how how they were run. Um, and you know, and I said with uh, with with Mark Allen, the sporting director, I was I was sort of the bridge between commercial and 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 the football side of it, which probably invariably never sort of them two never sort of marry very well mm. in, in the football world. Uh, and so it also means you're on the scene at the club when Stephen Gerrard comes in and uh, starts taking Rangers on. Now, now it's now it's over. How do you assess Gerard at Rangers? Stephen was brilliant. Um, ticked a lot of boxes. I think the only disappointment was probably uh, the cup competitions, where Stephen made a name for himself in cup competitions. But um, I think he ticked um, 
the remit was to stop um, Celtic win 10 in a row Um, Mm. it was to win a title it was to get title 55 for the club Um, and he did that uh, in spades and he bought that a brand his brand within the Rangers brand which on on a marketing and uh, I'm going to say marketing and commercial side is a win-win um, on development mm. and, and bringing funds into the club um, everybody wants to be associated with Stephen in business um, and for sponsors to be able to do that it makes I think commercial side the commercial side and commercial directors side very much easier should I say with me working mm. between the lines sort of stuff and finally, um, firstly, thank you. You've been so generous with your time, Mark. Um, having gone through the whole story in, in the last year or so, is there anything you would change? Um, no. My dad always said, right from the start, be honest with yourself um, and be honest with others. Um, I think um, football is a, a precarious business to be in, but if you can go to bed at night and your family still love you at the end of the day, that's all that you're bothered about, and um, I've always been, I've always been forthright. I think that's why I get on with certain people like Dave King, Graham Sooners. They're, they're forthright. Mm. They're they're up front. There's no grey areas, um, and that's how I am. Um, sometimes it can get you probably in trouble, but as I say, you, you you're true to yourself, um, and and that's how I, I've I've always tried to be with myself. You know. Football Ramble Presents is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.